0: Good morning, everyone. This is Jamie Keach from the Resource Insider Podcast, and we are on day two of the Quarantined Edition. Uh, this is actually the second podcast i 'm recording today. Earlier, I r- talked to Rick rule that 's out now. You guys should check that out if you haven 't already and now i 'm going to be talking to Marcel de Groot. Uh, If you've been listening to this podcast for some time now, you've no doubt heard my previous conversations with Marcel. Uh, I've known Marcel for about five or six years now. We've collaborated on a lot of things. I've worked for companies that he's been on the board of and involved in financing. And he's one of the people that I routinely go to to ask advice or his opinion or recommendations on what's going on in mining, uh, different stocks or companies I'm looking at. And there hardly a day goes by when we don't chat about something, but we are both currently under quarantine in our respective homes. So I figured this was a great opportunity to bring you guys into one of our conversations and you can see what it is that I'm thinking about on a day-to-day basis, uh, how Marcel's making decisions and how we're both looking at uh, the current crisis. So without further ado, Marcel, thanks for uh, fitting me into your schedule today.
1: Morning, Jamie. No problem. Good to be talking.
0: So I would say busy schedule but I'm guessing your schedule is slightly less busy than normal at the moment.
1: Yeah, it's it's I think like everybody everybody's working from home now and uh so it's still busy cuz there's lots of phone calls but but you don't have uh uh as much load as you normally would have for sure.
0: So I guess what I'd like to get uh sort of to talk about today is, you know, how you see things going on in the world right now, how you're responding to it in terms of protecting your portfolio or your investments, and also how the companies that you're invested in or working with are responding to this. You and I have invested in several of the same companies, um, but I think it's worth discussing how exploration companies and, and some operating miners have responded to this. And then, you know, what you envision Happening over the next, uh, you know, whatever it is—five months, six months, twelve months—and keeping in mind that this is a very, very uh, volatile time, and things are changing very rapidly. And by the time this comes out in a day from now, things could be entirely different. But you know, just based on what we know today, let's uh, let's sort of get into all these things.
1: Yeah, it's, it's it is a unique experience that we're going through. I don't think the world's gone through this something like this since the Spanish influenza over hundred years ago now. Um, but you know, that said, I mean, when there's a crisis of some sort, it does tend to follow a a similar tune. Um, and, and I think at a time like this, we're, we're currently in the panic phase where there's indiscriminate selling because people are just worried about having cash there's margin calls, um, and, and lots of uncertainty. And one thing investors don't like is uncertainty. And right now we're in a circumstance where, I mean, who knows how long this lasts, who knows how many people are going to get it. Um, the way I, I one of the things I've been doing is following the live Corona map uh, that's put out by John Hopkins University, just yep. as a gauge as to where this thing's been going. I kind of been following that since uh, uh, late January when it first came out, and it's interesting because uh, what we're seeing is is the numbers from a statistical perspective are really skyrocketing, and you know I, I get was talking to several people saying you know do I buy this morning or do I do I wait and and you know ultimately I don't know the exact answer but my, my guess is, is that just remembering basic statistics courses you take back in universities, you know, right now we've got about 180,000 people that have it uh, that are confirmed to have it. So the real number is probably a lot higher. And we have governments, uh, for example, Health Minister of Canada saying 30 to 60 percent of the population might get it. Um, so if you start doing some math, you think, well, geez, you know, that 180,000 people might become 180 million or 500 million or whatever that number is. and uh, if that's the case, it seems to me as though there's a lot more bad news ahead uh, before um, uh, uh, things settle. Now, markets are always forward-looking, so I would expect the markets to bottom well before this whole crisis is 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 behind us in full. Uh, yeah. You know, I, I expect in a couple of minutes they start experts start picking the winners and and losers and and, and investing more astutely.
0: So that's interesting, um, and you know it comes back to how bad the human mind is at sort of visualizing exponential growth, right? I mean, you're you're a very math-focused person. I'm pretty math-focused, but, you know, even as an accountant or an engineer, it's really hard to picture sort of growth rates that, that happen on an exponential curve. And, I mean, you started taking this seriously very early on. I would say, if I'm being honest, I probably didn't take this as seriously as I should have. I was isolated in the little ski town in France and everything was going on, you know, seemed nice. And then I kind of hit an airport and I really realized, you know, this is moving really quickly. And, uh, you know, I've, I've very much modified my behavior. I've isolated myself since then. But, um, I don't know. What do you do you think that we're taking this seriously enough here in Canada and that people are starting to realize the real extent and the risks associated with what's going on?
1: Well, I, I think uh, most people by nature are, are reactive rather than proactive. Um, and so I, I think that uh, today people are taking it more seriously than they were a few weeks ago. But you well, know, even ago, a few
0: days ago, I think.
1: Well, but I mean, a month ago it was quite clear. When you look at the statistics, that this thing was growing and was going to become something significant, um, especially when you look at the R-naught, the, the you know the the uh, repetition rate of it, and 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 so so it's clear that it was going to be getting worse. Um, I mean, the governments are taking action right now. I mean, we'll never do what China did. I mean, China was able to eradicate it so quickly because they basically could take measures that our society wouldn't allow. Uh, they basically put guards in front of buildings, and people couldn't leave their homes, and and it conscripted people to work in in healthcare, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we're taking lots of measures, and they are extreme by our, our by our culture, but they're nothing like what was ha- what happened in China. So I, I expect it to uh, the, the virus to continue to grow. I mean, obviously, they, what they're trying to do is bring down the curve so the healthcare system can handle it. But I, I do think the um, I, I think it's being taken seriously. But you know, government's obviously a lot from my experience tends to be a lot better at talking than they are actually acting and and executing. So, you know, hopefully that side of things will, uh, will uh, catch up as well.
0: Yeah. So you, you mentioned something interesting that you didn't think we bought them yet, but it will, it'll, you know, potentially happen uh, in the next few weeks. We did some research or I should say my partner did some research at, at a capitalist exploits and resource insider, Chris McIntosh. And he found that, during the SARS crisis, um, the the markets bottomed. Uh, what was it? It was I think it was it was two weeks after things actually had started to improve with the medical crisis. So as things, if you have the peak sort of infection rate, uh, it was two weeks after that that markets bottomed in the in the in the stocks and the in the market that was affected by it, and that's because people you know, people's reaction uh, tends to sort of lag behind the what's actually going on. And people weren't really cognizant at the time that things had actually slowed down in the infection front and the markets reflected that. And so that was when ideally uh, would have been the peak buying opportunity.
1: Yeah, I, I think this one's going to be different from SARS. I mean, we've way outpaced the numbers of SARS um, from that in that regard. I, I see this one being a bit different because if millions and millions of people are going to, get it in the end i do think that the psychology will uh bottom the emotions will bottom before that uh, just because what's going to happen is your your friend's going to have it you're going to call him up and he's and, and he's going to and you're going to ask how he's doing and uh and he's going to say oh you know i'm not too bad i've recovered and you know after after having had it only for four or five days because I, I think for the bulk of people um it's not going to be uh much more than a stronger flu. Uh, yeah. obviously it's much more serious for people who are immunocompromised or, or, or older. Um, but I, 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 don't see it, uh, um, you know, for example, if it takes medically six or eight months for it to get to that 300 million person, I have no idea what the number is going to be, but, but just following what, what governments have been saying, um, I think well before that people will adapt and, uh, and get used to it. So I kind of see it as being, you know, within a couple months, people will start to be making. Um, uh, more, and this is just guessing here on the exact timeline, um, but I do think people will start to be making more uh, uh, objective decisions rather than emotional panic.
0: So, when the dust does settle, how do you see things playing out? Or maybe a better question is: you know, what do you intend to do with your own money? You're a you're primarily a mining uh, natural resource investor. Is I mean, are we going to is gold the obvious choice here, or are there other areas you're looking at? How do you how do you intend to manage this?
1: Yeah, gold. For, first and foremost, be gold. I mean, when you look at the what's happened here, I always compare it to 2008. What happened in 2008, and you know that was a very difficult period that uh, where the market basically went down for effectively six months in a row, five, five, six months in a row before it bottomed in late November of 2008. And and I and I, I look at the situation now. And I, I think the key here is, is to make sure you've got money invested in companies. I mean, the first thing that's going to move is cash flows, cash producers, good producers. Um, and because that's, they're, we've got a very strong uh, gold price right now already, um, the currencies have depreciated tremendously. I mean, I like it. I was on the board of Equinox up until the recent merger. And you've got a fantastic management team there. You got a mine operating in Brazil where the Ri is weakened all the way to five. The Mexican peso is, is weakened at twenty-three to one. Um so you've got and if you, oil prices have just fallen dramatically. Uh, you know, oil prices falling should have been something that the markets like overall because you've got um lower input costs and, and if you're thinking long term, that's a big win. So the miners have had never had better conditions to be making exceptional profits. So the first thing that's gonna be doing well will be the uh the uh, producers uh, you know, royalty companies, producers, the, and and then when it comes to, is you work your way down the food chain, uh, companies will be hit harder at that level. And that'll create some fantastic opportunities. Cause I always remember 2008, the companies that had strong balance sheets that didn't need to finance, some of them fell as much as 90 and 95%, but they all bounced back to new highs within, with uh, within a year or two of, of, of it. Of that crisis, uh, if they didn't need to finance, it's the companies that need to finance when there's no money available that that ruin their structure. So what you want to do is ensure you're with companies that have top management, good balance sheets, and uh, and I think you'll do really well. If I had cash right now uh, that I was going to deploy, I'd probably, you know, I'd probably wait a little bit. Maybe you buy little dips here, but I'd probably wait a little bit uh, because I think prices might get a bit better before this is over. Um, that said, I think some of the levels that we saw in the last few days uh, on some of the individual companies, uh, we might not see again. But uh, I think it's going to create a tremendous opportunity um, if you invest wisely.
0: Well, you know, I can't, there hasn't been a time recently uh, where you can buy cash flowing, profitable, well run companies at a price where, you know, I'm speculating here, but I think. They'll very likely double within the next twelve months. I look at you know Sandstorm Gold, which was you know recently a plus ten dollar stock, and then yesterday went down to I believe almost four fifty. And it's already up today to seven something today. You know we're seeing these huge cuts on Equinox Gold, uh, Agnico Eagle, uh, um, you know uh, the big royalty companies. You know these are these are opportunities for investors to get in and you know, you're not guaranteed to make money, but I would say it's as close as a guarantee as you'll ever possibly see.
1: Yeah, I, I think that's right. I mean, I, I think if you can, uh, you know, picking the bottom is a, is a very hard thing to do, but certainly if you picked up Sandstorm at 450, you're going, I, I, in my opinion, you're going to do extremely well off of that. Um, and, and so if you can, if you can, uh, deploy your cash uh, in a careful manner coming up here is because there's going to be more shocks. I mean, today we're bounced back. I think the Dow was up 1000 points yesterday it was down almost 3000 points a few points shy of 3000. I think we're going to see a lot more volatility like that especially as as you start to see um, statistics on on in the coronavirus start to, to rise up dramatically and and new measures come into place. That being said, the government stimulus package that's been put forward as well as the uh, interest rate cuts have been very quickly and very very dramatic, and so I think that the government is 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 reacting much faster than in past financial crises. So I, I think that'll have a big impact in in in, in 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 ensuring that the bottom happens sooner rather than later. Um, and and again, also, but it also sets the fate for gold, in my opinion, because with interest rates at those levels, fiscal stimulus at those levels, other currencies. Uh, having other countries having to do similar measures, I think for gold, it's it's never been a better uh, uh, better uh, set of events to really uh, uh, stoke the price to higher levels than we've ever seen before.
0: So, I, I totally agree with you. But, you know, let's talk about for a minute the people the, like you or I that already have a lot of money out there in various companies. A lot of the companies that I've been invested in, they've seen, you know, big dips in their share price. 10 percent, some up to 40 percent or more. What do you think, uh, you know, current mining investors should be thinking about? And probably more importantly, what should these companies be doing? You know, let's talk about the exploration companies, the companies that don't have cash flow, you know, are reliant on continually refinancing. How how should they be managing this crisis?
1: Well, I think each company should, should, uh, should look at their own circumstances and deal accordingly. So for example, if you're a company that has, that has uh, you're cashed up, I, I would probably continue to move forward at a more moderate level. I, I think the key from my, from my opinion is to make sure you got a year's cash. Um, I think within a year we're in a different world. I think the gold price is a lot higher and I think markets are functioning again. Um, and so I, I think the key is making sure that you don't need to raise money within the next year. And adjust your program, and and because these companies have control over over their expiration programs, you know how how they spend the money. Um, one thing you never want to do, an expiration company, is be too low on the cash front because surprises happen, like what we're experiencing now, and that's where you really get stuck. So, I think the key is you want to be moving forward if you can, but do so at a pace that ensures you don't need to you don't need to finance within the next year.
0: And you're the chairman of Eclipse Gold, so how is how is Eclipse managing this environment now?
1: Well, the Eclipse is a unique situation in the sense that we have a very strong group of people who came together to form Eclipse. So we've got uh, you know, very deep-pocketed uh, individuals involved in the company, uh, backers, advisors, etc. And we, we just recently did a financing. And so we're in a situation where we can make our money last for a year. Uh, we've got um, expiration work. We're going to continue to do that expiration work, especially long lead time items, such as permitting. Um, because the lifeline for an exploration company is drilling and, and, and ensuring that you've got permits so there's no lag because markets don't like periods of of, of, of of zero activity for exploration companies. So I, I think in the, in the case there, we're in, a, we're in a very strong position because we've got cash, uh, we've, we've got permits to drill, uh, we are working on uh, uh, improving the permitting conditions so that we can uh, drill other areas that are currently within our permitted areas. Um, So that's, that's the approach we're taking. We're, we're not, uh, we're not, we're being careful with cash to to ensure that we're spending it on essential items. uh, That'll get, where we'll get the biggest bang for our buck and ensuring that that cash will last.
0: So how does that differ from a company like Equinox Gold? You were on the board of Equinox until this recent merger. You were there for years as one of the early shareholders and helping to build the company, an operating company that has, you know, is, has a, has a revenue, but still has, many, many uh, capital commitments. How, how would you recommend that? And how do they manage the challenges that are sure to come up with travel of employees and, and supply chains and, and all these things that need to be considered?
1: Well, the, the key there is you have, a in that circumstance, you have a proactive management team. That team, uh, in their background with Endeavor, for example, had lived through Ebola. Uh, they're, they're, this is not the first time they've been through um, a critical virus issue. Uh, also, you've got uh, you're led by Ross Beatty, seasoned mining individual who's always thinking several steps ahead, proactive. So things like supply chain are, are issues that they were thinking of a while back already, and uh, and also they already have a, a very good understanding of protocols that you need to put in place to ensure that uh, you continue to operate, you can continue to operate your mine in difficult circumstances like this. So you know, I, I see that company as one that's. Um, uh, tremendously leveraged to the price of gold, um, a real winner in the sense that they're, they're, the fuel prices are going down, currencies are weaker, very seasoned management team led by by Ross Beattie, if one of the best, if not the best in the business, so uh, a good place for shareholders to to hang their hat right now.
0: All right, Marcel. Well, thanks for taking the time and I want to be respectful of all the other calls and all the other things you have to do today. but. Is there anything else that you think that listeners or me or anyone should be thinking about in this time? Have you altered your behavior in any way in terms of how you're managing capital, investing or, or selling or, or or just in general besides I suppose locking yourself at home for the time being?
1: No I think people should just use common sense um, you know with their own lives. I mean you know protect your family, protect especially protect the vulnerable in your family to, to ensure that they're isolated and have the, the things they need. Uh, I think from an investment perspective, you want to ensure that you are uh, uh, you're being careful. Don't panic. Um, make sure you're invested in companies that aren't going to need to finance. Uh, obviously the, the um, uh, first thing to come back will be producers, and then we'll work our way down the line. and, and the Bigger returns will come from companies further down the line, but you just have to, to ensure that you invest in the right ones, companies that have got uh, strong season management teams, good access to capital, good, good share structures and balance sheets and uh and you'll do very well
0: anything any particular companies you think um investors should have an eye on over the next few weeks
1: well i think the uh you know the stance from equinox is obviously your companies that uh that uh for different reasons will do uh very well your francos um i think if, as you work your way down the uh food chain to, to you look at you can look at uh, uh uh, development companies like Integra where you've got a uh, strong balance sheet, season management team. Um, you know, I think at Eclipse, I think we're very well positioned, et cetera. Companies that have those sort of circumstances, um, characteristics are, are the ones that'll do really well. And I think investors should, should because basically it's, a, it's a, a situation where you can buy some of the best names in the business on sale. And 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 I'm a big believer that it's it's the same people creating most of the value. And so, you know, you look at the B.D. companies, Lundin companies, um, and and uh, we've certainly got some companies in the pipeline that uh, I think are exceptionally uh, uh, situated to prosper in the times ahead. So, um, and I think I think investors will do well.
0: All right, thank you very much, Marcel.
1: All right, thank you.
0: Take care.